listening to Astrology Today, coming to you live from the Sunshine Coast and Powell River, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klahoman Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. And welcome back to our listeners, and yay, my friend Jill Kirby from Victoria is back, yay, with a new and great gear. Hey, welcome. (laughs) Do say something so we know we're hearing you. Oh, oh, see, see, there we go. Say it again. Good to be back. Yay, she remembered to put her mic up. Yes, okay. That was only a minor glitch from uh, our friend Mercury who is still, folks, retrograde, if you're, you know, getting a little challenged by sort of some of the delays and mishaps and broken televisions, and I would know nothing of that. Anyway, um, we are, before we get started on lesson two, we are just going to touch a little bit on, apparently on the, the other radio station that's local to Powell River, there was mention of rather a remarkable new moon on Thursday, which it was. Um, There were six of the visible bodies in the sky were all present in Aquarius. And some people had little fiery excitements and (laughs) some of us had surgical procedures, which were weird. But as far as the dawning of the age of Aquarius, my comment to that is, unfortunately, there are no dotted lines in the sky. Ergo, it's difficult to know when Pisces ends and Aquarius starts. But I think, wouldn't you agree, we're probably definitely in the early stages. Well, I think so. I think, I, to me, I think that the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction on the solstice was was like a signal that, yeah, we're definitely... Yeah. In in that territory now. And, yeah. and with all the planets just grouping like they have, yeah. you, they've got one of the, the asteroids in there to make As it well. Ah. So that's, that's quite a, a stellium, yes. quite a gathering um, to sort of signal that, yeah, yeah, this is, a, the Aquarius is really kicked off here, guys. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I yeah. would agree. There's no, you know, there's no hard and fast line. No, there aren't. <laughs> it's a two thousand year period of time out of a what twenty six thousand year big cycle, yeah, something like that. It's, it's, yeah. it's a very gradual yeah. movement of the the actual constellations in the sky. Yeah, and and we're going backwards through them, which precession yeah, of the equinox is what marks where it is and and it goes backwards so we're coming out of pisces which and, is and what it is is relative yeah. to what we call the tropical zodiac yeah what you and i use when we're doing astrology yeah you know in vedic astrology they actually use the sidereal yeah yeah zodiacs. yeah that which is, is out by what i don't know it's getting to be quite a few degrees now difference yeah, and so they... Yeah. they I think it's but, a degree every 72 that, years or that, something. Yeah. Even in that school, there's variations on yes. exactly where the yeah. difference is. So, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. It's not a hard and fast thing. Yeah. No, no. We yeah. fall between um, science and some may say religion. You know, astrology sort of straddles. Well, nature is not... Yeah. doesn't do in straight lines and it doesn't do things you know yeah precisely we don't have a 
a 12 month cycle, we have a 13 lunar month cycle. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cram it into our little constraints of how it should (laughs) fit mathematically, and nature doesn't work that way. It's got its own. Yeah. It's got its own flow. It does. Okay, so moving on, we will. Uh, So, folks, this is episode 69, and it is lesson two in preparing an outline for you, the listener, to follow if you are moved to explore your own chart. And uh, last week, we covered kind of the piece that most people are familiar with. They may not have been familiar with the order of the sun signs, but most people have heard all 12 names. Okay, so the next big pickup line, right? Oh yes, yes. Well, you know, <laughs> that was our generation. I'm not well. Although there is a thing out there now called, um, oh, Chris Brennan just interviewed the woman who started it. Apparently, in the twenty somethings, there are a number of apps that have sort of reconstituted what's your sign phenomena. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and also, I mean, any newspaper has their sign yeah. signs. Yeah, so yeah, Everybody kind of looks at their yeah. sign because they yeah. know when their birthday is. Exactly, right? exactly. So the next backdrop that uh, we look at is called the houses, and we're going to just do the outline um, because this is okay. So, but before I even say that, I just want to remind folks that. To help chart this course, I am following a very well-written astrological guide by astrologer Carol Taylor, and the title of her book is Astrology Using the Wisdoms of the the Stars in Your Everyday Life. I highly recommend getting a copy of that book to uh, help you, and um, yeah, so I am drawing the order that I'm following in doing this series of lessons from that book. And so she does. She actually, she puts the, I, I lie already because <laughs> I'm not following it. <laughs> she went from the sun signs to the planets, whereas I jumped from the sun signs to the houses. And next lesson, we'll start adding. Well, actually, next lesson, we're just going to set it all up before we start adding the planets. Yeah. So I, I did a Mercury retrograde thing already. Like It's okay. <laughs> thank you. Anyway, okay, so um, if you want to follow along with what we're going to be talking about today, do go to my website, www.cardinalastrology.ca, to see these visuals that we will be talking about, about the 12 houses. Okay, so the houses are the most practical side of astrology. Uh, Symbolically speaking, the houses represent the daily turn of the planet Earth in relation to the sun. So obviously 24 hours, roughly divided into 12 segments, depending on your latitude. And so um, for those who are born uh, really high on uh, like north of 60, for instance, or south, south of the equator, then the whole house system can break down just because um, the division that makes up uh, the house system sort of starts to go wonky. 
That's okay. where your full-time system will work better. Yes, exactly. It does. Because if you get too far north or too far south, then yeah. you yeah. get teeny tiny houses and massive, massive houses. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I would encourage the listener again, like last week, to use a notebook to write your impressions of each of the symbols, words, phrases that ring bells for you when it comes to these 12 houses. But first, we're going to just talk about um, the role that houses play. And um, so I'm going to first present it uh, from kind of an ancient point of view, where they were coming from. And we are going to start with, um, I'll come back and forth with this graphic. Uh, Let's see, I'm going to share this. So again, if you are uh, there. Okay, so what we have up is uh, a circle and it is divided into actually all 12 houses. But um, so this is bringing this down to earth and uh, we start with a horizontal line that is literally um, the line if you were to extend it out visually let's say you know you were on a beach or something in the place that you were born in so that you could see out to the horizon that line is what you're standing on Okay, and so the only odd thing about it is east is on the left side of the chart and west is on the right side of the chart, but that is literal. And so, for instance, if you were born at night, the sun would have been below that line, or if you were born during the day, it would have been above you, obviously. Okay? The other thing that's interesting, if you think about it, the, the one planet that's not represented in the chart is yes. the Earth. Yeah. And the, the, the chart itself is the Earth. Exactly, the, exactly. The, and ergo, the, the houses, which sort of makes sense. Uh, yeah, because Midheaven, mid Nadir, there, the yeah. up-down up, axis, and the crossing one, that yeah. circle with that cross inside is the symbol for the Earth. That is right, yes, exactly. So that's just, I think, an interesting perspective on it. Yes, I'm glad you brought that out. Okay, so and as she was saying, the next line that we do look for is what's called in astrology the midheaven and the nadir. But literally what that means is it's the highest that any of the planets and the sun will reach on the day if once they are traversing above the horizon, that's the midheaven, that's as high as they're gonna get that day. And rarely is it directly overhead or 90 degrees to that horizon line. Why? Because of the tilt of the earth, okay? The earth isn't um, perpendicular or horizontal, however you wanna put it, to the sun. We are tilted, therefore in the summer, we get way more sunlight than we have nighttime and the reverse is true right now and so the division that happens um, is because of the latitude how far north of the equator you are or how far south if you were born on the equator it's actually possible to have the midheaven at 90 degrees to the horizon line any comment about that that kind Um, of covers it just um, in terms of house systems, there are a number of different house systems. Yeah, yeah. I use 
there's Coke, there's, yeah. there's a whole list of them. Yeah, and well, I'm about they, to get to that part. <laughs> and, but what they, they all have in common is the midheaven ascendant descendant axes yes. will be the same. It's the intermediary houses that yeah. will be different in the different house yeah. systems. So that's just... Yeah, and so what Jill is talking about is um, the way that, um, okay, so to come up with the 12 in most of the modern common systems that are in place in house division, um, what they do is they take that division um, between the midheaven and the ascendant and they do different types of calculation to come up with the house cusps that fall in between. And so because most of us are not born on the equator, the size of the individual houses will vary. Obviously, if because of the tilt of the earth, some of these houses will be large, some of them will be slender, sometimes there are things called interceptions. But all of that detail we're actually not going to try to get to today. We're just we just want to know what do each of these slices of the pie represent because this is bringing hmm. literally the stars down to earth and uh, where they fall on the earth I guess one could say in a literal fashion is the areas of our life that they most predominantly affect but all of the areas of our life obviously are still contained just like we have all of the signs Okay, let me just see if there was anything else. So I use whole sign house system, which means my midheaven, that place that can be the most prominent, it floats. It can be uh, from the 11th all the way through to the 8th house, which is kind of an oddball thing. But for those who have been studying astrology, that's what happens with whole sign houses. We still acknowledge that the midheaven is an incredibly important point, um, axis, uh, but we, it floats. So sometimes it's the 11th, the 10th, the 9th, the 8th. And if you were born above 60 degrees north or south of the equator, it could even be in the 12th. I have a grandson who was born in Inuvik. And by the old house system, yeah, everything was, yeah, it, well, it just didn't work. <laughs> the, the chart kind of goes, huh? <laughs> anyway, yeah. okay. So um, with this graphic that's up right now, what, what you would see, uh, let me describe it. So we have that horizon line. We have the midheaven. In this particular picture, we have made it perpendicular. Um, and on the east side is the word freedom. On the west side is fate. This is one, and this is coming more so from a modern perspective. Below the horizon is considered subjective. Above the horizon is considered objective. And so it's with this kind of division. And what's so pivotal is just the whole visual that goes with it. In other words, the rising right? That's, that's that freedom you've coming forth, that sunrise, the midheaven, that's you being out there in the world. That's the sun at its highest point. The descendant, it's like you're having to give your light to something else because the sun is, is sinking below the horizon. And the most hidden part of the chart, of course, makes sense. It's below us. It's on the other side of the world, if you want to say. Um, and that's the nadir. Yeah, another way of looking at the uh, 
the east and the west is the the self side of the chart. Yes. What, yeah. What's about me? Yeah. Is on the, is on the ascendant side, and and it's what appears to be others. Yes. Is on, on the other side. So exactly. Exactly. Often fate like it seems like them so I can't control it <laughs> yes exactly okay so the other thing that the ancients were concerned with with those angular places so let's just name what those houses are that's the first the fourth the seventh and the tenth in some of the earliest clay tablets that have charts written out on them. Um, the intermediate houses aren't really mentioned, but always those angles are. And they were considered literal pivots. And that planets that were found just rising, just setting, um, directly below or directly overhead, uh, were given maximum activity and importance. And even in modern terms, um, that is true. Planets that are found in the first, the fourth, the seventh, and the tenth, or even just close to what's called a cusp. And what they mean by that is literally the line. Um, because in, in modern quadrant-based house systems like Placidus that Jill follows, that line, the degree that it's on, uh, if you have a planet, you know, within minutes of that line, then it can, you know, get sort of pulled into um, more than one house, let's say. Would you? Mm. Yeah. But we'll get yeah. to all of that complicated stuff later. Today, we just want to let you know how, um, how the assign, like what's assigned to each of the 12 places or houses. Yeah, the other thing I, I would mention is that the lines go straight through. So they, yeah. they are a continuum. So they are, they are related to each other. Yes, exactly. So the cusp of the second house is the same as the cusp of the eighth house. And in the diagram that I have on uh, the screen for those who are following, and by the way, if you're on my website, it's the very last one. Mercury was retrograde. This was supposed to be the first one, but I forgot. <laughs> it would mean I'd have to start over again, and I just wasn't going to go there. <laughs> so if you just scroll to the very bottom of episode 69, you will find this picture. Okay, yeah. Um, and I just <laughs> went off on a tangent. Okay, so we probably... Um, okay, so in modern... There is a difference between that and the ancients. So the ancients saw the angles as pivotal. The sign that, or the house that rose before the angle um, was de considered declining. In other words, not as able to uh, be worked with by the person. Okay, if they had planets in the declining houses. <clears throat> but in the succeeding houses, which are the houses that are about to rise and come to the angle, um, <clears throat> were considered uh, more active. So it sort of went most active pivot, least active decline, and in the middle would be the succeeding. But in modern times, we go angular, succedent, and cadent. And it's it's listed more in that order, isn't it? Usually, yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, in, in terms of kind of a numerical okay. thing. 
Okay, yeah. so you don't assign much sim- symbolism to angular succedent and cadent? No, I mean, angular is always... Yeah, it's the biggie. P- pivotal. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, they are intermediary and... and yeah. Not, they're not going to have the weight that the, the weight that the angles have exactly yeah. okay yeah. so and later on once we do get to um, the planets uh, they have particular joys so uh, planets have specific houses or places where they're the happiest irregardless of sign um, and that back in the day, and I'm talking Hellenistic, there was a ranking system. And so I'm just going to uh, mention the ranking. Again, this is ancient. This is from 2,000 years ago. So the, the most important house was always considered the first. The next one was the 10th. Then we went to the 11th, the 5th, the 7th, the 4th, the 9th, the 2nd, the third, the eighth, the sixth, and the guy towing the bottom of the line was the twelfth, which even today it's not considered a happy place, <laughs> although it can be. Okay, yeah. so let us, okay, so was there anything else that you wanted to add to um, the uh, Placidus piece? Uh, no, I think, um, well, yeah. talk more about it as we go through the yeah yeah okay so up on the screen for those who are following on my website if you scroll to the top again what you will see is that very first house which again if you I've got a circle with the house houses placed on it um, just the graphic I had happened to have the yin yang symbol there too and on to the right side of that, I've got some symbolism. And, um, but I've also got a list of the things normally attached, and Jill will add probably some complimentary or some better ones. Uh, so what I've put is you, as in literally you, um, that we all see, okay? The territory of starting things, birth, physicality and appearance and it's like a sunrise this is like literally this is where the sun would rise and there are people that are born at sunrise who mm-hmm. have fairly you know, notable personalities typically okay my what, <laughs> what's that my eldest daughter ah a leo born at sunrise oh wow yes presence yes Okay, any other things that you would attribute to the first house? Yeah, essentially I see it as how, how where we meet the, the environment. Ah, yes. Just yeah. Because when we're born, we, we emerge into this environment. And that is true, yes. How we interface with the environment around us. Yeah, and in, in a follow-up to that, I would also say that with the first house, this is literally from time to time, depending on, on the planets and, the, and uh, the sign that is located here, people will literally reinvent themselves. There will be a core, though, that remains the same, but they can. This is like the makeover house, if you want to, like... Um, demonstrate to the world that you've changed it would be through the first house yeah so it's it's kind of like the mask we wear it's not 
it's not our core self necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. More the face we put on for the. Yeah. And for some, um, it will resonate resonate stronger than the sun sign, depending yeah. on how uh, how powerful the first house is. Um, you know, so for some, you know, let's say they're um, uh, I don't know a Virgo, but they have a Cancer rising. Um, that's going to look really different to what a typical Virgo might look like. And uh, because it's gonna be very guarded and very um, protective and you're not gonna get that close, et cetera. And that, you know, so for instance, if you're reading a sun sign column and you're where your sun, you know, let's say you were that Virgo and you read it and you go, eh, eh. But you read maybe where the cancer is if you have cancer rising and that just might make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it so much depends on the placement of the planets and how they yeah. relate to each other. There's so much to consider always. Always, always. But these yeah. these houses, as we go through them, this is where you find the details of what is emphasized in your particular life and how that manifests in the literal world. It's not just hypothetical, right? Yeah, and I think the first house, too, is, is just... Like, here I am. <laughs> yes, here I am. So some like of the symbols that, that I've used to speak to that. So I've got a lion roaring, which is literally like what you have said. Here I am. I've got someone looking in the mirror going, is that how they see me? And that might be somebody with a Scorpio rising who really thinks that they, they're not that intense. <laughs> which I always have to laugh, right? Um, I've also got hands on a pottery wheel, which is basically, um, it can be, you know, how tactile you are or not, how much you're in your head or not in terms of how you are projecting yourself out there. Uh, I've got a picture of a bunch of people. So are you, you know, presenting yourself as being social? Um, I've got someone that's looking kind of moody or solitary. You know, it's it's how we've dressed up the entirety of our being. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, and it's, it's kind of also, in a sense, like a baby. The only awareness I have is me. Yes, me. yes, <laughs> yes. Exactly, exactly. It's nothing else. That's all there is. Yes, that is true. And we do, as babies, we encompass the entire world and don't actually, in the beginning, recognize that we're separate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so following. Now, what's odd about the system of houses is, okay, so in two or three hours, this number one would whatever the sign happens to be, will rise this way, and yet the house numbers go this way, which when I first got into astrology, messed with my head something fierce. <laughs> but the, the numbers go this way, okay? So that 12 is actually right before one. And so, but we'll, yeah, we're not gonna get into that kind of detail this time. Let's just continue on. So in our numbering system, we do drop down to the next wedge. And it is the second house. And typically, I've got the visual that I have is a pile of coins as the backdrop. I And so second house, I have resources, 
valued and values, okay, material needs, and this is literally what we need in order to to stay alive, um, and personal capital, like what are the resources? It could be your skills, it could be uh, that you're from a wealthy family, um, and so the symbols that I have to go with that list is, um, you know, obviously there are people who just keep accumulating more stuff. So I've got kind of a staircase. I have a clamshell that's covered with very fancy jewels. Um, so there are those that will, you know, like they what they value has to have value. Um, and some, it's just all in the mind. I have a symbol of a Bitcoin. <laughs> And for some, what is valued is what they feel. So it's hard to come up with a graphic for that. So I did a glass of water that the water is moving around. Yeah. We also yeah, have, it's, sorry? It's not just material resources. Exactly, exactly. Our inner resources as well. Yeah. And, and, and it can manifest in an ever-changing way in terms of more modern, or it can be steadfast like an old castle, or it could be constantly changing as in renovations. That's the other graphics that I showed. So what else would you add to the second house? Well, again, co coming from the first house where it's just me, then you go into the two-year-old where everything is mine. Ah, yes, exactly. It's mine. <laughs> this awareness that there's stuff outside myself. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. And, and what's pretty and what's food. not. Yeah. So what we yeah. value, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. And that can have, obviously, it just popped into my head now, is that can have a cultural context as well. You know, certain cultures value certain things over other things. Uh, well, absolutely. Our values yeah. are very much influenced by our environment. Exactly. Yeah. So nothing, and that's something else with with looking at your own chart and anybody else's is, is that, you know, we, we don't exist in a vacuum. And yes, it's kind of like when you look at a chart, it's, it's the potential and there's the potential for all kinds of things and it's kind of like where you put the seed. You know, if you've got a package of seeds, you've got the picture on the package of what it can look like. Right. But plant the seed in really bad soil and don't give it water, it's not going to... Yeah, your resources are not going to develop. Yeah. The environment really is important in understanding yeah. how that person is developing. Yeah. The resources and other things in the chart. Yeah, exactly. And so, for instance, if you've got a whole bunch of planets in the second house, then you pretty much know that this person is going to be focused on resources and, you know, having the stability or the knowledge that survival is guaranteed, etc. And security. And security. Yes, that's another word that should go on that list, security. security is a big one there. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we, we're, we're vulnerable still in this early stage. Exactly. We're just born. We're getting to know that there's stuff outside ourselves, but we rely on those yes those beings to support us and keep us safe. So yeah, yeah, I think that's where some of that yes comes from. Yeah, I've I've got someone's chart in my head right now. It was like. Life was a bit thin on the ground, so this woman now, she ensures that she has a steady job and a good pension and a roof over her head and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so now we drop down 
to the third house. And uh, the graphic that I show here is a spider web. Um, it's against a black backdrop that really doesn't have, it's just a way of showing the spider web. Um, it shows, so what we have in third house, we have siblings and or extended family can be important if the third house is uh, emphasized. We have the neighborhood, and I put hood in brackets because apparently that's what lots of people call it now. Communication um, and local travel are some of the themes that go with the third house. Now, visually, I show um, a team of people playing, um, uh, like a bunch of kids hanging out bus taxi only stop so local travel um, and it can be associated with sort of that that first kiss kind of thing you know that uh, you're my friend and you're not my friend um, and then on the other side I have extra breaking news so it's like what I wanted was a graphic of you know the the three old guys sitting on out front of the um, five and dime store where they're keeping tabs on the local gossip or yes, you know the local, the local news it's, the it's local news exactly on. exactly and then well, I've got a picture of a really large family you know so sometimes if the third house is very emphasized your siblings will play an important part in your life and then there's the whole um, friend thing you know what gang you run with or whatever yeah it's also about our, our thinking and, and, and yes. our early learning. So it's yep. the kinds of kinds of things like learning to ride a bike where it becomes automatic, where it becomes yes, like, yes, 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 like yep. tying your shoes and walking and yeah, or know. learning a second language because somebody introduced you to it when you were two or three. It was just yeah, easy to have know, more than one language. It's the early mobility, right? You're not yes. crawling anymore. You're learning to walk and you're you know, navigating on your two feet and, you know, learning how to do these basic things. You yes. Know, you're not, not getting philosophical or anything. You're just learning, learning, learning. Yeah. And that's what young kids are doing, right? They're yeah. soaking up information for that phase of their life. Exactly, exactly. I'm glad you brought that out. I totally missed that place. Yeah, so in, in looking at a child's chart, um, astrologers do look to the third house to see if there's any need to comment on something that might be more conducive to a person's first learning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. exactly. And, you know, where they might have challenges with that or anything else, right? Yeah, yeah. You got to remember, put your phone on, which is interesting, third house. <laughs> Her phone yeah. chimes. Yep, they're right on cue. Thank you, Mercury Retrograde. <laughs> you oh, will be heard from. <laughs> It's the everyday communication. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so now we come to the next major pivot point in the chart, and that uh, we're coming up to the fourth house now. It is the most hidden house, um, and I've heard some astrologers comment that, you know, if there's something that the family has tried to hide, the fourth house can describe just exactly what that is and so it's also though um, just literally your home your house um, and uh, what type of house you want 
um, whether or not you've stuck to the family ancestral castle forever, whether you're living in a minibus, this is one of the um, symbols that I have here, or whether you just have to eventually build your own house, like this is my house. So, um, yeah. There, there's also, I think, a sense of stability in the fourth yes. house, where we have our roots and, yes. and where we feel grounded. And, and depending on what sign is there or what planet, some people can be quite ungrounded. They, yes, like yes. Standing, shifting sand rather than solid ground. And, yes. And, you know, you'll see that too in the chart. Depending yep. on what yeah. Yeah. Like was... Um, yeah, like for instance, a common one, I can remember years ago, woman gave birth to this child and the first thing I spotted, because she was a traveler, uh, and I said, well, yeah, your son's got Sag on the fourth house. He's a citizen of the world. He will want to see the world, and he has. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I think that's, that's, you know, and some people are very much stay at home. Yep. Yeah, you know, that's their that's their little sanctuary. That's where exactly, they exactly. Safe. You know, there's a sense of safety and stability again. Yep. Different from the second house, it's more about. Hmm, I feel more. Well, it's safe. more the the literal ancestral roots, right? And so, one of the graphics I have shows a bunch of faces, multicultural. Um, you know, and so for some, this can literally be tribal, right? Where Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. And so our roots are very important. To exactly. Us, you know, yeah. With adopted children, sometimes that they they need to know. Yes. Yeah. And so again, depending on what the condition of the fourth house is, you yeah. know how hard and far they go to research that. Yeah. Yeah, and to to feel that sense of connection to something yeah. deeper. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and in relation to the 10th house, it's kind of like the deeper the roots are, the more grounded you feel, the higher up you can reach. Right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, so being ever, yeah, i got to watch my time here. Let us move on to the next house. So this is from um, an ancient point of view, uh, one of the places where you want to find a lot of planets and because it's considered a house of good fortune. Um, the fifth house though, more traditionally in modern times, considered uh, the place of children. Um, it's your ability to play as the highest form of work. Um, it's uh, creativity, um, it's, you know, can you be just literally playful in life? And so, you know, I've got an image here of a kid playing with leaves or the literal playing of a game, chess, or being out on stage. I've got literally a stage. Um, I've got the symbol of the happy and the sad face, um, the fantasy place, you know, or, you know, the architect that creates amazing things um, or just your personality I've got a little graphic of and his name escapes me the guy with the oh Charlie, I, Charlie Chaplin ah, <laughs> of course some of the people that are listening to this are like Charlie who <laughs> okay uh, Jim Carrey would be sort of an equivalent <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's interesting because I think often we, we find out that people who are comedians actually suffer from depression and stuff, and this is their way of yes 
yeah. sort of working with that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing for me is, you know, creativity. Children are sort of uh, like the highest form of our creative output, right? Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look what I made. You know, it's, you know, and ideally we don't see them that way. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, but just because you don't have children does not mean you don't have an active spouse. You can be very creative and yes. artist. An artist doesn't mean you're, you're making a living it. It means that yes, you, exactly. need, you need that expression. It's yeah. creative self-expression. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Being able to express yourself freely. Yes, and with it being good fortune, it is that, you know, it has that quality of, um, you know, some people do literally seem to have things go their way a little more and so sometimes it will literally be shown up in the fifth house as uh being well planets well placed there etc yeah yeah and she goes why did i put pluto in my fifth house <laughs> it's the it's the fun house it's, it's the fun we, house yeah we like to be entertained yes you know, Sporting events. I mean, that's why are entertainers paid so much? Because we want to be entertained. Yes, exactly. And that gives us fun. <laughs> okay, moving on, because we have 17 minutes to get through, yeah, a bunch more plan or a bunch more spots. Okay, so the sixth house in traditional, this is going back to the Hellenistic, considered a bad house, okay? Um, they put slaves here. This was the house of slaves, so no wonder they called it a bad house. Uh, mo more modern um, point to this one is health. Um, so instead of slaves, you could put servants slash what your day-to-day -day routine looks like, okay? And literal service can be here. Um, and um, yeah, what other things would you put here? Well, I think with, with health, it's, it's how you you know, take care of your body yes. is is your service to the vehicle in which you're living, right? It's, yes, yes, good way to put it, yeah. And so I think that's that fits in with that, not only serving others in a, in a sense, which we, which we do in our work often. Yes, yeah. With others. Yeah. But, but also how we serve our own health and our own well-being. Yeah, yeah, and that good. is one of the more prominent pieces of it right so yeah, if you've got a happy important. sixth house yeah, yeah good thing if you've Very got important piece of it yeah 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 it's it's one of the places where if there are difficulties in that sixth house it's obvious because it can come out in health and uh yeah and so it's just yeah, easy to spot yeah, yeah. And, and you know again like anything else understanding the challenges can help you to give better service to your yeah. health yeah. beings so that you don't suffer the consequences. Yeah. The other piece about the sort of the day-to-day -day routine is for some people, that is the kind of work they want to do. They don't want something that's really obvious out there. Um, and so if some people will literally... Um, play out their sixth house in their career um, and not in a 10th house way. So they're yeah. one of a number of people and what they do is not, doesn't need that sort of out 
outside recognition. You know, they're the ones yeah. that work behind the scenes. And for some, that's exactly what they want. Yeah, sixth house. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, what can I do to be helpful and useful? And, yes, yeah. 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 And so the images I have here, which I'm just realizing some of them are a little too small and my eyeballs don't work that well. <laughs> okay, I've got a cog in a wheel, a bunch of cogs. I've got uh, matches for those. Some people... If their sixth house is not uh, functioning well, will literally burn themselves out. Uh, I then have a graphic that shows, you know, just all those service professions. Got someone here who's down on his luck in terms of not being able to function on a daily level. Uh, got someone who communicates behind the scenes. Another one doing tactile, firefighters. It's those types of things. I didn't really get into the whole... You know, you're in the hospital and you're not happy. <laughs> I kind of avoided those pictures. Well, it's true. That's, that's a little bit more the opposite house, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is that. Okay, so now we come to the next pivot, which is central. And um, this is the seventh house. It's partnerships. So although traditionally, even way back when, it was uh, the house of marriage, but it's also the house of partnerships. So if you're in a business, uh, it could be you and one other person, maybe two, I don't know, you get further out. I'm not sure it would still be seventh house. But it's also the place of your first running into opposition because it's not just about you. And so in modern astrology, it has been likened to the shadow or the parts of ourselves that we don't see, obviously. How else would you put this? Well, it's it's one-on-one relationships. You've yes. got self on the other end in the first house. Yep. And this is the other. Exactly. Really the one-on-one, I see you over there and are you friend or foe? Yep. And yep. Open enemies. Be, this is. It can be open enemies, or yep. it can be people you know that you're attracted to, you want to marry, or you know, or business partnership. But yep. it's that one-on-one. It's it's not you know a whole lot of peripheral other people. It's like yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> And so the condition of the seventh house, if there are planets there, etc., um, it can be um, quite descriptive of the type of relationship. It won't say Joe or Susie, but it can give a list of qualities and styles, etc., that can kind of point you in a particular direction. The other thing about it is it's our wheel, right? So- yes. It's our perception of that other person. Yes. It isn't who they really are necessarily. Yeah, exactly, we, exactly. How we see them. Yeah. And so it is It is our, it's our projection, yeah. actually, yeah. onto others, not it's, the other themselves. Because we don't ever know some, we are, most of us don't know ourselves that well. <laughs> that so is we true, that is true. Other but we know how we see them and how we perceive them and what we believe about them. Yeah. So I think it's important to keep, always keep in mind that it is our chart. So it's not yes. yeah, really exactly. thing. It's yeah. our perception of that other. Yes. And on also can be very reflective. Yeah, it can. Yeah. It teaches um, a lot about ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. 
Okay, so moving on to the eighth house. Okay, in ancient astrology, bad house, not a good house. <laughs> okay, it's also considered the house of death and taxes. Shared resources, do you have a mortgage? That would be a shared resources. Inheritance, are you in line for a bunch of stuff? Sex and transformation. Sex can also be the seventh house, can also be the fifth house. Um, but it can definitely be in the eighth house as yeah. well. The eighth is where we kind of merge with another. Exactly. The, the petite mort. Right, it's the closest <laughs> we can be to actually being, you know, inside that other person. Or yes. Really, you know, yeah, and, and, and also with the, you know, more society, we're getting more into society now. Yes, um, yeah. It's probably not a bad house if you're one of these very wealthy bankers, but... Yes, exactly. <laughs> For the rest of us, it can be more challenging. Yes, it um, can be. And and how you how you deal with uh, things dissolving dissolution, um, how well you can work through trauma if that should be part of your you know life's journey, um, you would look to the eighth house to um, for clues on that that level. Okay, and I can see that we need to probably speed it up just a little bit. But remember, these all these graphics and stuff are up on the website. So if you need to come back to them just to kind of play with them some more. The ninth house. Okay, another happy house, actually. Um, this is the one of philosophy, higher education, travel, the law, religion, and the search for meaning. Okay, so you've discovered that there are others out there. Uh, you've tried to control them, eighth house. It didn't work, or it did, <laughs> depending. <laughs> and now you've got to make sense of, does it mean anything? Um, and that's the ninth house. Um, you know, so I showed travel and, yeah. Yeah, there's a bigger world out there. It's yes. not just, it's like a whole world. And also just the opposite to the third house, it's taking that early learning and growing it out into what yes. is the meaning of what I've learned, right? Yeah, exactly. Just, what am I learning? But how can I, yeah. what, what can I make sense of it? And in this transition right now, of course, people who have really strong nights house they'll be some of the people who are struggling the most right now gnashing their teeth going let me go <laughs> yeah because yeah, it's freedom is a is yeah a nice exactly sure. freedom yeah the freedom to explore what's over the next horizon okay yeah, yeah. 10th house the last of the big pivot houses uh, public spotlight authority establishment parents career status a planet in the 10th house up there, this is the kind of how big your profile out there in the world or your impact is going to be, or whether that's even important to you. Um, you look to the 10th house to see that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's status. It's, yeah. it's, it's how I want the world to see me. Yeah, yeah. The Do you have a legacy, you know? And it's, I want them to see me. Yeah. Like I may have a job waiting tables, but I'm I'm this big movie star. They yes. See me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
And so, again, if it's a really healthy 10th house, people tend to rise to a certain degree of prominence. But it depends on, you know, out of what context. Um, and, yeah. So, but it's, and things, action that happens to the 10th house, that too is also very public. Um, and so you might not per se want the attention, but sometimes, and I reputation you don't want exactly or you might be more public with stuff that you really wish wasn't public yeah. as she says with chiron conjunct the moon in the 10th house yeah i see <laughs> i've only got pluto there oh well there you go yeah we get to watch you transform yay okay moving on uh we come to the 11th house now um, when I first started studying Hellenistic astrology, you know, it was like, it's quite a warp. Um, I mean, on some levels, it's not a huge divergence, because obviously modern astrology came out of this ancient stuff. But what struck me really strongly when I was first studying was this 11th house. Now, this is the house to have every planet you have. That's where you want it. You want it in the 8th house. It's the best house in the chart. Um, but just because you might put all your planets there doesn't doesn't also it does not equate to moral goodness at all because guess who has a really stellar eleventh house and that would be the ex president Donald Trump <laughs> and so when the rest of us are shaking our heads going how did this man get to where he is. Well, if you're looking at it from a Hellenistic perspective, all you have to do is look at his 11th house, and it looks pretty damn good. Born on a full moon and an eclipse. Yud. Anyway. Okay. So, best house, good spirit, friends, the team, uh, hopes, patronage. You know, this is, yeah. Um, yeah, if you're going to be supported, you're going, you know, if audience is something that's important, you want to look to the 11th house to see that it's well shaped. Uh, what else? Well, I think it's, it's beyond career. It's yes. beyond, it's what do I, you know, what do I dream of? of yeah, it's future oriented. Yeah. Contributing to this, this global community. This, yes. Exactly. Because it, you know, we're really out there in the, in the big, big world now. Exactly. Yeah. I'm part of this this mass of humanity. I'm not just me. Yeah. I am part of this this family of man, this community yep. of yep. human. And so um, what and who are you supporting? What and who are supporting you? Um, yeah. Good house. Good spirit. Yeah. Okay, so um, the last one, the guy that's at the very bottom of the list, the one that says, yeah, you don't really want a lot of activity here necessarily. I mean, but there, I mean, so here's an example of someone that had um, in some people's schemology, not a good thing. Um, this would have been Barack Obama, I think also Oprah Winfrey. They both have Saturn in the 12th house. But guess so what? It, they made it work. <laughs> okay, so this is bad spirit, worst house. Um, this is self-undoing, uh, imprisonment, retreat, hidden enemies. Um, yeah, it's just not a good place. 
Well, it, yeah, and if you look at it, it's it's what's right behind the ascendant. Right? Yes. It's, kind of, it's the house of self-undoing to me because it's that stuff you don't see because it's back yeah. here. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I have so described it, it that way. Yeah. Just behind me and I can't see it. Other people can see it. It's above the horizon. Yes, exactly. Right? So other yes. people see it. I don't. So yep. I can't over it. <laughs> Because I don't know it's there, right? Yeah. And yet other people will be aware of it. Yeah. They'll, they'll notice it, perhaps. And so for the monk or the nun, 12th house is a good house because that whole idea of uh, sequestering, moving away, creating distance, disappearing, that works. But so does the disappearing, unfortunately, of things like um, alcohol or prison or... Um, death is also um, associated with the 12th house, but not your death, other people's death. Um, you know, so for instance, the 12th house plays, the 12th and the 8th can play quite predominantly in, uh, you know, losing people way too soon. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, the, the enemies you don't see because yeah. you, you think they're your friends, right? You think they're 11th house, but they're not. Yes. <laughs> and, they're, they're kind of operating behind your back. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, also I think it's, it is the last house, again, yes. before the emergence into the first again. Exactly, so it's, it's completing a, a cycle. This is not a static circle, it's a cycle. Exactly, As yeah. We, we go through this, I mean, the planets keep going around the circle, so we're not doing this just one, we have all sorts of things moving all the time. Yeah through our houses through the and houses exactly is a, it's like a dissolution yes like a letting go of of that stuff so that i can come back and yes in the in the when you look at it from a cycle exactly exactly yeah yeah so i think that's that's an important aspect of it too is just that that whole being willing to let go yes yeah so looking at the condition of the 12th house can describe whether you're game for that or not yeah, and just, i'm looking at our time wow we're down to like i have a minute so my dear thank you and uh next week we're actually going to uh set up two charts um so i'll do a bunch of graphics to go with that so that you can follow along with your own chart and see just what that looks like and um but otherwise yes i must say our goodbyes and a reminder to all of you out there you have been listening to cjmp 90.1 powell rivers community radio station and uh, we look forward to you being back with us next week and uh, we'll bring you two charts um, and again, I would uh, start a little book, make your own notes, and uh, yeah, stay safe and enjoy the snow. <laughs> okay. Thanks to CJMP sustaining members, you make Community Radio stronger.